All right, I've run out of patience. Underoos! Welcome back to Disney Marvels for week of September 29th, 2019. This is episode 58. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppet, Pixar, Fox, the cruise lines, the parks, and so much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Whether you're planning your next Disney park vacation, cruise vacation, or you just don't know where to start, be sure to contact the people that I trust with my vacation planning, Destinations with Character Travel. Stay tuned to after the show to see how you can get a free gift by booking your vacation through them. Inf contact them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com or visit their website www.destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that you heard about them on the Disney Marvels podcast. And now, for the news. At Walt Disney World, a new theme park de uh, experience debuted in Epcot. Walt Disney Imagineering presents the Epcot Experience, open October 1st, that gives guests a peek into the plans that they have for changing Epcot and what lies ahead for Epcot. Speaking of Epcot, Illuminations, Reflection of Earth bowed out this week as well. On Tuesday, it gave its final performance. The next day, October 1st, the Epcot Forever um, premiered and is only a temporary show until the newest show comes out later next year or somewhere around that time. The Disney Skyliner also debuted and is now open and operating for guest usage and the early reports are quite favorable and cool as long as the lines are running. If you stop, that may be a different situation. And they're starting to release some of the songs for Frozen 2. And we are in for a treat from what I've heard so far. That's it for the news. We'll be back after these messages. And now, on with the show. So this week, we have a lot of news to cover regarding things happening at Disney, and not just one particular part. I, we actually got a few things, a uh, few different areas, which is why I like this show format that I do, because I'm not about one part of Disney, I'm about all of Disney. And first off, to tackle all this conversation, I brought on the wonderful, the amazing, and the intelligent, Isaac Sago. And we first, I want to start with a moment of silence for uh, this week was the last performance of Epcot's Illumination uh, Celebration of Earth. It was its final um, iteration. It actually started in the 80s. A lot of people think it started in the millennium, but it actually started before that. 
because uh, you had illuminations, then you had illuminations 25, then you had illuminations reflection of Earth. And it bowed out this week. Uh, actually, we're recording this on Tuesday. Last night, uh, Monday was its final performance. And so I wanted to give a moment of silence for the almost three decade long uh, wonderful show that they put on at Epcot. Isaac, did you ever get to see Illuminations? Um, I have to say I did not. Have That's okay. That's okay. Um, it, it was a, a wonderful show in, in all of its its um, generations, its different formats, uh, usually combining different classical music uh, with the nations that were represented around Epcot. Um, and then it was a fireworks show presented in the round. So everyone would gather around the uh, the lake in the back of Epcot. And the fireworks would just be going off all around it. The, the different pavilions, uh, countries would light up. And the corresponding music would be playing for it. Uh, and then you got to Illumination 25, which brought a little more modern and kind of this whole global family aspect to it. Um, and then he put more things into the center of the lake. So that has now ended. But today, again, pardon me, that we're filming this on Tuesday, the new show, Epcot Forever, has debuted. And uh, the Disney did stream it live. I have not had a chance to watch it yet, um, but I did post about it on our Facebook group. Um, so I will be checking that out later. And as I said in my previous episode, it was something that I was definitely looking forward to checking out because um, it's going to be on the more nostalgic end. And it is... Even though it's a temporary show, I think it's going to be fantastic because all their more recent shows have been have been really good. So that was just the first part. But the reason why is Isaac actually brought this one together and he, he came to me saying, we need to talk about this because this is important. This is, you know, major news. And it picks up where you and I, no, you and I, Isaac, um, le were last left off with our listeners spider-man yeah yeah it's it's kind of funny it's only um literally almost like a month month ago we talked about spider-man separating disney actually whole situation between disney and marvel in terms of percentages ship right character and what what uh, Disney thought was a more um, so you know for everybody to kind of wrap it up uh, you know everybody who knows that the whole situation and how uh, Disney wanted a little bit extra more money up front from you know to assess the Spider-Man movies uh, Spider-Man being MCU and nobody can blame them it's only issue is they came up with a funky deal that, you know, with the 50% up front, along with everything they had in terms of merchandise and rise, 5% dollar gross, and and not only have 50% on the next future Spider-Man film, but every other Spider-Man property that was on, which then Sony declined. Now, after a month later, looks like Spider-Man will be rejoining the DC Universe. Um, so basically, from what it was been, what, what it, now this was posted back on September 27th, which was 
where from uh, the deals done late Thursday night um, that involved uh, that include uh, Sony Pictures Chief Tom Rothman, uh, Kevin Feige himself from Walt Disney Studios, along with uh, co-chairman Alan Horn and Alan Bergman. And then from what I'm reading from the reports that we're learning that um, for the next Spider-Man film, uh, Marvel and Disney will be receiving roughly 25% of the profits. Um, and along with the fact that I think we will still keep the uh, five, uh, 5% dollar gross, um, from what I know, and the merchandising rights. So Disney still holds on to that, which is pretty good. And in return, they are going to put a quarter. They're going to put a quarter of the financing for the next Spider-Man film. And along with that deal, uh, Spider-Man will also be able to appear in another Marvel Studios film forward. And from right off the bat, because you know, since Disney doesn't like to waste any time, uh, the next Spider-Man film will be coming out in July 16, 2021. Um, with Amy Pascal um, from Sony Pictures also helping uh, to produce uh, uh, the to help produce uh, the next third uh, film. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's happening at the moment. Um, so at a, um, you know, I just want to kind of gauge your opinion on it. Um, what, what what how do you, how do you feel about this? First of well, all. I think I, I think it's cool that Spider-Man's back, but let me I, let me hear your opinion. I, I want to hear what's your thoughts. As I, I believe I said, um, if not to you, I, I I've been kind of saying all along, it was kind of just a matter of time that this didn't this kind of cleared up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a little surprised on how fast it happened. I was I wasn't expecting something until maybe even next early next year, but the fact that it's over and done with now. It just makes it a lot easier for everyone to get the, uh, their ducks in a row and things rolling. Um, it almost sounds like, because I, I wasn't involved in the room with the lawyers and everything. Um, initially, it sounded like Amy was possibly trying to work this deal. And that maybe she kind of cut things off. And then that's when the big wigs and the big guns got involved now. Maybe. It's. I'm just speculating because I don't know who was involved in the initial talks. Yeah. Um. But I'm. I'm happy. Um. It just. It seems kind of interesting because the the full details haven't fully leaked out yet on what everything is. I mean, we know, um, like you said, we, uh, from our understanding, is Disney's getting 25 percent of the the uh, profits of the movie, but they're also covering 25 percent of the production cost. Which makes sense. All fair. You know, you you want your name in this, you need to put up some money. Um, And it's an equal number there. So that works out. July 16, 2021, 2021. Not that far off. It actually fits in the role of everything else. Two years from the previous Spider-Man movie. That's that's a normal time span between movies. Um, makes Makes you kind of think that they were possibly even further along with the third movie than we probably even initially thought. Cause if the 2021 they're filming next year, you already have some sort of a story coming along. Yeah. And, and I think it, it would make sense in how Kevin Feige does his work because he's not just Spider-Man. You also seen that was 
uh, the Captain America movies, the Iron Man movies, the Thor movies, and how they've had that almost like two-year span uh, between a lot of these films. So it 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 doesn't surprise like it, it surprised me, but the way that how Kevin Feige and Marvel have done their business with all these films, it doesn't in terms of how they had everything set up. Um, I, I I think what I also want to talk about uh, it it it. it, it this whole deal um, gives two options, and um, option one, and, and, and I say this, option one, I feel that it it kind of, it's, it kind of, it's kind of like, a, this deal almost feels like almost like a stopgap on how they want to handle Spider-Man moving forward in terms of between both parties. So in a way, uh, it kind of, it almost kind of feels like, um, all right. Will allow Spider-Man to kind of stay in the MCU a little bit longer till Sony can figure out what they want to do with Spider-Man moving forward, and whatever they have plans for the Sony universe or whatever between their films and stuff like that. And um, and if this is if this is going to be kind of the final two films that you're going to have Spider-Man in MCU, because honestly, within the next two years, we're gonna we could easily be talking about this again. Um, it, it kind of gives uh, closure to MCU fans with Spider-Man's story in the MCU. I think it finally gives those fans a decent closure versus how it interrupted with this really childish deal, you know. So you're not really left in how that, that big, huge cliffhanger in um in home in uh far from home at no i need to see more jk simmons <laughs> yeah. I, I i need yeah. more jk simmons in spider-man yeah so but so now you may have that opportunity uh to be able to see him if they if they if they push him. right now i think it was a was a cameo I, again i didn't want to reveal that because i didn't know if your fan i don't know how many of your listeners have not watched Homecoming yet. I didn't want to I, reveal that, you know, big with the fact drop. that it's out on Blu-ray today. It came out on digital two weeks ago. True. It is the largest Spider-Man movie to date. It is Disney's what ninth billion-dollar movie this year, yeah, <laughs> or sixth, whatever it was. Um, we're gonna just say, you know, at some point you gotta say the spoilers are off, and and um, I, I think we'll go. I mean, in all fairness. I didn't say what he was doing in the movie or at what point he shows up. So, but, uh, yeah, uh, in case you weren't aware at some point, JK Simmons does show up as J Jonas Jameson, uh, reprising his role, um, uh, from the previous movies, which again, fantastic. It, <laughs> I laugh at the hairstyle. Um, which I think is funny. Yeah. And, and a it, funny way of introducing this character. Oh, I, I, I loved how, cause I, I wasn't, ex- I, I wasn't expecting the gag. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the gag that present they presented and how how they just revealed that. It it was it was brilliant. Yeah. Um so you you kind of can now you, obviously they wanted to build off of that. Now they have a better opportunity to build off of that. They, they were probably going to build off of it either way, whether it was just a Sony production or a Sony Marvel joint production. Um, but I agree. I, in from the, what I've been reading, the tea leaves say that this is kind of a happy medium for Marvel to bow Spider-Man out of the MCU. Yeah. 
um, and kind of not eliminate him from the MCU, but fin- tie up his loose ends um, involving the MCU. I am certain Sony is still eyeballing their joint venture of trying to produce a Sinister Sticks movie and getting all the um, Spider Universe thing going on the live action front because that worked out so well four years ago, five years ago with uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, but the, the Andrew Garfield films were, were missteps. Um, again, I'll admit I wasn't a big fan of the of the films, but. I mean, I mean, they still made good money. Yeah. Whether or not, if you like them or not, I mean, they still were financially adaptable. I mean, granted, the stories were not that great, but uh, if I found eighty million, I'm I'm just guessing whatever the movie was. If I found eighty million dollars under my sofa, I wouldn't be complaining about it. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah. But uh. But the uh, my point is that that's something that they've been gunning for for a better part of a decade now to do this whole conglomerate thing. Um, and I, I think they're now trying to go out with a different angle with, okay, you got the Venom movie, you have the Morbius movie coming out, you have the Madam Web, which I have no idea who she is. I don't know if you're familiar with that character. Yeah, well, Madam Web, well, she's a very interesting player in the um, Spider-Man um, lore in the way that she kind of connects, she's kind of the whole person that can that connects all the Spider-Mans from all past lives, present, future, um, current, and and it, it's she's a lot deeper than that. She kind of sees through all the future of all the Spider-Mans, and mm. kind of connects them together. Which um, again, I, I that's my taken from her from like the cartoons and stuff like that. Um, but um, the more that you think, like I, again, I don't know a lot about her character though. That's basically her. That's kind of basically her uh, draw into all this. She's kind of like, um, like uh, in the movie, the, who is the woman in the Matrix? If if you remember, um, in uh, Matrix Reloaded, uh, the Oracle. She's kind of like the Oracle of the Spider Man. Um, so and so. Um, I, I wouldn't know how they would approach that. Uh, I feel like that's a character that would need to be introduced in a Spider-Man film to understand her. Mm-hmm. And go out and make her own film. Um, but, but again, that's not, that's neither her uh, here or say, we're falling off a little bit off topic. Uh, just going back um, to, to your point about uh, um, Sony and uh, trying to kind of get their ducks in order within the next films. Um, another part that could be also introduced that, you know, like I said, was this deal kind of being a stopgap, that maybe they're just trying to work out the next set of terms uh, for the Spider-Man film, for Spider-Man to continue to be in MCU. So that's still another possibility out there. And maybe in the way that not only can Spider-Man do his thing in the MCU, but also kind of hop back into Sony and back and forth. So maybe both. And it, like you say, it seemed like Kevin Feige and um, and Amy um, and Amy Pascal both enjoyed working with each other. So maybe possibly they can they can work with Spider Man, be able to hop back in both um, both universes, uh, depending on how the story fits. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like 
you know, it may be a wrap up for Spider-Man, but it may not be a complete end for the relationship between Sony and Marvel to whatever that means. Yeah. Um, I have a quote here from Amy regarding the, um, regarding the new deal. And this I think was in comicbook.com, I believe, or, uh, Either it's their quote or vanity, I forget. But um, she she's been quoted to say, uh, "This is terrific. Peter Parker's story took a dramatic turn in Far From Home, and I could not be happier. We will be able, uh, we will all be working together as we um, see where his journey goes. This has been a winning partnership for the studio, the franchise, and the fans, and I'm overjoyed it will continue." So. Kind of a broad statement, no real, not much to read into there. Um, but yeah, because they got Morbius, what, Morbius next year, and you have Venom in 2 next year as well. Yep. And you have to feel that another Into the Spider-Verse film has to fit within that time frame as well. Um, they, I know they are working on that. They got a lot going on on the animation end. Um, yeah. Uh, Lord and Miller, um, who are the directors from the, the Into the Spider-Verse, um, have been tapped to produce somewhere between five to six animated shows, which I'm trying to figure out how that works, because I thought Marvel owns all of its animated works. But There might be some weird guidelines. There may be some language in there. There's some the language in there that... Uh... Kind of have a, has a loophole where um, you know Sony can work on some of the television rights as well. I, I think it, I think it comes into the rights that uh, Marvel does own, like the television rights. But but the loophole is that Sony also owns Spider Man and all the spy. They they it, I think I think I think it, and I, I may be wrong. I think they can get away with they can't do a spider-man television show but they could probably do like a spider gwen show because they mm. own spider gwen they own the rights to miles morales they own the rest of the other spider-man just disney owns the rights to spider-man Spider -Man. hey if i can get a spider ham animated series sign me up yeah <laughs> that was great I, I i am down for that apparently there's a new um uh, pre uh, short coming uh, that has just been released, so I will have to check that out because I was I love Spider Ham, yeah, um, and the fact that they include him into the the Spider Verse, um, yeah, because they are working on a Spider Gwen spinoff for the movies and a um, Spider Verse two of some sort. I mean, there was the teaser at the end with the Spider Man twenty twenty uh, twenty ninety nine, yeah. um. So, uh, you know, who, who knows? Um, I mean, five to six things series that is more than just a Peter Parker, uh, series that, I mean, you could even be doing a Venom series. You could be doing, uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. There, there uh, was, there was talk about a, an Aunt May series down the road. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it's possible at this moment. Aunt May goes to the grocery store, and <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. 
and she pays too much for milk. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna, uh, I think they were talking about making her like a like a like a secret agent at one point, like Agent May, and that would be her weird backstory. Uh, um, Which almost goes into wherever she finds the, or she knows about the hidden lair under her backyard, and it's not a big deal to her. In fact, it was like a cover up for her. It kind of makes sense. It, it almost, I, I don't know if you watched the new DuckTales, but they did that. Uh, that was the same treatment they gave to Mrs. Beakley. Really? Yes, Mrs. Beakley, the kind old uh, maid of McDuck Manor. In the old, in the 80s version, and the new version is actually a secret agent. <laughs> um, I, I forget what the agent, it's not 99, but it's something like something like that, where she, you know, she has the karate moves and the, um, all the spy knowledge and everything, and she used to go, and that's how uh, Scrooge McDuck and her um, first met, was she was on a mission and he got involved in somehow. And, uh, yeah, so it, it turns out that uh, Mrs. Beakley is a secret agent. So, yeah. Um, so, just kind of a weird tie-in on that. So, <laughs> All right. So, it, it, it's just saying it is a proven statement that it could work. Um, I, I, I could see Marissa Tomei going out there and putting on some moves and, you know, Running around with Black Widow or something. That would totally <laughs> be totally dope. But uh, yeah, but overall, I think um, I I think in terms of just moviegoers and fans, uh, I think it's it's a it's just great news that we're getting Spider Man. Spider Man gets to swing around one more time, for well, a couple more times in the MCU, and I think we we at least get whatever happens get a decent conclusion or wrap up of uh, Spider-Man's journey, which I was really surprised because there's just so many projects between the films and the new television shows that uh, Flaggy will be uh, be a part of. I was really shocked that they were able to squeeze Spider-Man into a, <laughs> for a 2021, uh, 2021 release date. But, I, can't, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I, no, I really shouldn't, but, uh, but yeah. I'm Spiggy, I know, has a board in his office that has all this stuff on it of future projects. I'm sure there was a black hole right there, and people are asking, "Well, what's that for?" Oh, that that's the the unnamed movie that we have coming out. Not saying it was going to be Spider Man. I also have a theory that uh, Feige's office looks something like the uh, Avengers headquarters with the time um, machine. He's got a whole bunch of pin particles, so that way he can dash back and forth in time to figure out okay when are we going to do these things and how this is all going to work out yeah. uh but yeah feige is just unprecedented with his his um work ethic in making sure certain things happen at certain points in all these movies that keeps the flow going yeah um you know the bigger this gets, the more you kind of worry, is he putting too much on his plate? <laughs> but hey, he's been, he hasn't really steered us wrong yet. Nope. No, he has been pretty much. I mean, none of these movies, none of these movies have failed financially. None of these movies have failed. He no. has 
been, I mean, he has been right on a lot of them. He has nailed movie after movie after movie. And none of even the lowest movies were financially acceptable. I mean, you could probably think of the Ant Man, which probably wasn't the most set of all of them, and they were still good. That yeah. this guy has been amazing. If uh, if you compare the Marvel movies to the Marvel standard, I mean, you could say, okay, this is a high, this is a low. But if you take Marvel's low and compare it to any normal movie going, it's still re- a relatively high standard. And and to think, um, only a couple of years ago, um, and I, I don't know if you had an opportunity to read uh, Bob Iger's, um, I think was it Wild Ride book. Uh, his new um, autobiography book that came out on on running uh, running uh, the company, running Disney. Uh, one of those decisions almost, you know, Kevin Feige almost came to leave in Marvel, um, and they were gonna put it uh, put that responsibility to to another dude. So you you gotta understand, you gotta think like like Bob Iger. I, I hope I'm saying his last name Iger. Iger, that that's correct. Good. Um, yeah, I'm so horrible with names. But, That's yeah, all my don't worry about. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you got to think about that. Like that, a, a key moment of time of choosing not to keep Kevin Feige. This, this, this MCU universe would have been completely different. Maybe and maybe not have the same success that we're seeing it have right now. Um, it, it is it is hard to say. I'm trying to get the the actual title of the book, but um, there was a lot that went into just a negotiation of Disney getting Marvel. Uh, Marvel was not interested in playing ball at first um, because they just did not see it as a a good fit. Um, they they thought. And um, if you want to know the name of the book, it's called The Ride of a Lifetime. There we go. Thank you. Right you time. just got right ahead of me. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I again, I haven't got a chance to read it as much as I want to because it sounds like a fantastic book. Between apparently Disney almost bought Twitter or was looking into Twitter, which I'm glad they didn't. I, I yeah. don't see that necessarily been a good um, financial match. But they actually had to get Bill Gates involved. Uh, not Bill Gates. Um, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. It wasn't necessarily... They weren't using Steve Jobs as a strong arm to convince Marvel um, that this was something you have to do. It was... um, Because Steve Jobs is involved in Pixar. Pixar, um, He was... Because that's an actual... was an Apple product, more or less. um, In the end, before Disney bought it out. And... So Steve Jobs calls up uh, the head of Marvel at that time, I and mean, his name escapes me, but very uh, military man, and who was very cut and dry. And Jobs goes to him, you know, Disney lets Pixar be Pixar. They write the checks and give us control, and that's what they're offering you. No. And that's where they said, okay. Because, in all honesty, they were floundering at that point. Oh, yeah. Marvel was struggling uh, to make ends meet. I mean, comics were, you know, comics were on a Dan, Dan Hill at the moment. Yeah. And, yeah. No, Marvel had to, you know, Marvel, it was a smart move for Marvel at the time. You know, it's the same kind of move that they made almost 20 years ago 
where they allowed to license off their uh, their popular franchises to uh, the movie companies, you know, to help keep Marvel afloat. Yeah, they sold off X Men. They sold off their their bigger uh, Spider Man, okay. Fantastic Four. Their bigger money makers, the mm-hmm. movie rights to be able to just generate some sort of income. But the deal and the the deal that they did with um, Universal Parks in Florida for that that whole um, Islands of Adventure that was their uh, biggest uh, uh, kerfuffle. Um, as it were, just because it, the, the mastering licensing agreement on that is just so from Marvel's end, nothing to do with Disney, but from Marvel's end was such poorly, was so poorly done. You, you kind of could see how desperate Marvel was at that time yep. to be able to get some sort of additional income that their comic books and very limited TV shows were bringing in. And, yep. um, right. Now, in the long run, it's this stuff is coming to bite them in the rear end. Well, yeah, in terms of what Disney wants to hopefully do now, yes, they can't get certain rights back. You know. Well, not even just Disney, but Marvel and themselves of what they would probably want to do with some of their of IP. But, you know, when when you're a struggling company, you yeah. have to make tough decisions to stay afloat. You got to keep the lights on, man. So exactly, it you can't really fault for what Marvel did. Yeah. No, I no, I, I get. You know, so it is what it is at the moment. Uh, to to um, add on to another thing, and and, and speaking of Kevin Feige, um, I just want to throw this in real quick as a, just a quickie, um, because it's not really quickie, but um, it, you know how you mentioned how Kevin Feige has a lot of things on his plate. Well. Guess what? He's going to be able to. He's going to add a couple more things onto his plate because Kevin Feige's going to be developing a Star Wars movie for Disney. Oh my! Oh my! Yes. So literally, maybe a couple of days after the announcement that Spider-Man was coming back to the MCU, it was also it was reported that Feige will be joining Lucas Arts Films president Kathleen Kennedy. To create the upcoming Star Wars films to usher in a brand new wave of films once they're done with the whole Skywalker saga, which will end, which will end, which will wrap up its conclusion on December 20th of this year. Yeah. So I, I want to get your opinion. What's your take about Kevin Feige now going to be developing Star Wars films? On top of whatever he's doing with the MCU universe moving forward. God bless him. If he's got time to take on a whole nother thing like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had his kind of time. That's what I'm saying. The man's got to have a time machine. He must have the pin particles and the, the whole uh, time, you know, micro um, nanobot time machine suits that they all wear in his office because how or maybe he's got some tech from Harry Potter with the time turner but <laughs> i i how he's got time to be able to tackle all this stuff is beyond me but yeah you know what i i'm okay with it because you look at the man's you look at the man's book of work yeah you look at the man's track record the book of work that he's produced so far 20 how many 25 20 however many movies that they've put out 
and he's able to link it all together. Have at it. Uh, th- that's all I have to say. Is, and is, just think about the, the budgets for each movie only continue to get higher. So you, there, there's a lot more uh, things that, that need to be juggled around and need to be handled. And the man has effortlessly handled it very, very well. Like, you can't really hurt Kevin Feige. And you also have to remember, I think Kevin Feige originally, is he's a, he's a Star Wars fan at heart. He's a, a bigger a geek, geek than any of us. Yeah, he's a, he's a Star Wars fan at heart. So you kind of have to feel like after the success that he's had with the MCU, that he could easily have walked over to Bob Iger and said, hey, you know, look at the money I've generated for you guys. I kind of want to take on a Star Wars film because he's a, he's a geek at heart. And this is probably going to be his passion project his Star Wars passion project film. And you know what Bob Arger said? Hey, you run, do whatever you want. I will write the check for you. Mm. Get the people that you want. You go out and help make the best Star Wars film out there possible moving forward. Well, here, let's play a little game. Who would you want producing your, um, or being the showrunner for your Star Wars films? Showrunner for this. Yes, the showrunner. So uh-huh. that's kind of what we're talking about here. So let's say uh, I'm gonna pass that up to you because I kind of have to think about it a little. No, no, this is this will be easy. J.J. Abrams uh, or Kevin Feige. Oh well, well, well. See, J.J. Abrams is more director than producer. But I'm no, not, he's he's the showrunner because he is. Runner, yeah. He did not direct the last one. He did not direct it. He he did sit down and produce. Oh well, yeah, I mean between J.J. Abrams and. It's funny because I was thinking about J.J. Abrams though, but I'm not a big J.J. Abrams fan. Not that I don't, I, I'm not a, against his. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I was never a big fan of Lost, but uh, Lost. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I loved Alias, but yeah, uh, I got Alias, Lost on Lost. Yeah, I, Alias was great, but no, of, of course you you, you trust in Kevin Feige only because of his track record alone, and you know, and how he was able to be able to weave stories in together and stuff like that. So of course I I would trust in his producing his show running his producing skills. Oh Kevin Feige all day. Okay here's the, now here's the big one for you. All right Kevin Feige, George Lucas. I as much as I love George Lucas for giving me Star Wars, I I think. I would still lean Kevin Feige because once again, I, I would just lean towards Kevin Feige once again because you know in terms of it's going the business the man aspect, he understands how to work a story together. No fault to Lucas George no, Lucas. No. He's a, he. This is my issue with George George Lucas has always been he he's a good idea man. It's just you never want it. You don't want him to ever write the story. Like you never want him to write the story. He's the one who can set up the ideas and let more smarter, creative people take those ideas and run with it. Yes. That's kind of George Lucas is. And Lucas, that well, and that's kind of what he did with the initial ones. He did Star Wars, New Hope, Episode Four, whatever the original Star Wars movie, and kind of, kind of for the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. 
kind of took that somewhat back seat or the passenger seat even right. better to um to it. Then he comes out with episodes one, two, and three, where I think he tried to have a little too much control and was a little too conservative in his approach to it. Um, or trying to be too, ra- I don't know, radical or conservative. I, I can't, w- whatever way it didn't play yeah. out as well as I, anyone hoped. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, and I think that's where, for me, I agree with you. I would rather Feige because he has proven himself over 20 something movies. George is a 50, 50 ratio. And, 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 and I think you have to understand what's coming Feige. It sounds like from, the actors and the directors that work for him, it seems like Kevin Feige lets them bring their style and their interpretation into whatever they're working on. Yeah. And you you hear that also to the actors where you hear like Chris Evans and Brie Larson um, on their Twitters when they found out that Kevin Feige is doing a Star Wars film. <laughs> You're talking about Captain America and Captain Marvel. They're like, yo, if if they're doing a Star Wars film, I would love to work with Feige again. That's kind of the respect that this man kind of gets from both actors and directors. And if they let them do whatever they want versus Lucas is, he has a vision and he's a little bit stubborn in trying to complete his vision and doesn't really seem to accept a lot of outside influences to be able to push it. And maybe that's why certain, certain films didn't turn out as a good or as memorable as you would like. Yeah, didn't, didn't hit the exact notes that everyone was looking forward. Um, yeah, I mean, for Hollywood to return so much respect or, you know, come out with so much respect for someone in that much authority in that kind of position, you know, you have people that either, you know, kind of, okay, I'll work with them or, you know, they're paying me, so I'll, I'll go along with it. But, you look at these movies, and especially now as as the movies go along. Initially, it was just like, okay, it's, who can we get cheap that will kind of go along? And now it's what A-list person, you know, it's almost like they are banging down the doors. I want to be in a, a nerd movie. I mean, a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, movies that, you know, these were, okay, kind of nerdy, you know. Let's see, you know, get, let, get all the men out of the basements to go see these movies. Um, now it, it, they're just so commonplace. It's just like, it, it, it's for anybody. Yeah. And, um, they're, they're in family movies now, more or less. And you're getting your A-list actors saying, sign me up. I would, I don't care how small or big the part is. I, I want to be in it. He seems to, again, he, he seems to, to give kind of present, uh, power he gives them um, uh, power to the people that he's working with to sit down and make, to let them make the right choices for him. Yeah. You know, and, and they, and they, and they hit and, and, and he, he's, they, they've hit with movie after movie with after movie, you know, like I go back to, I think one of the coolest trials is, is guardians of the galaxy. And I think about that casting, like Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation, who would thought he, that guy would be a leading man in a big film like Guardians of the Galaxy? 
Oh, who would thought Dave Batista, a WWE wrestler <laughs> doing B films, could play Drax and play that character so, it was so well? Yeah. You know, who would have thought of convincing an Academy nominated actor in Bradley Cooper to voice a raccoon? And get Vin Diesel, a big action star movie, to say three words. Well, it's Vin Diesel. No, it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> I, I don't, but that that I don't think that was difficult. No, um, but, but I'm just but, saying it, you know, it's you get these. You know, he's used to being a lead role, going into these big action parts. Vin, we don't want you yeah. to do anything. You're not going to jump on screen. You're not jumping out of cars, blowing things up. You don't have any all these guns to shoot off. We just want you to say these three words in, you know, the best ways possible. I, you know, in, in a way, I agree with it. No, you're absolutely right. You're, you're up. You're absolutely right. It, it, that I honestly, I think, was an awesome triumph that you got in these different. And then you, well, and you, you take this director that, you know, his previous book of work is also very not what you would yeah. think. What you know, everyone, oh, Disney, the clean, squeaky clean company. So you get this director that should not be blended in. That is also very true. I got you. You you you're absolutely right. No, you're 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 totally absolutely right. And that, you know, to, to like I said, a director like that, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And Feige just comes into these people and say, "Okay, here's one thing or three things that have to happen in this movie. Go." Because that that Civil War, the basis of it was, the Hell Carriers have to take off and crash. Uh, not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier. Harold Carries take off and they crash. That was kind of like one of the main plot points that Feige said had to be in it, uh, besides uh, in Bucky. The rest was have fun. That's and, it. He's like, Feige, hey, these are, the, these are my bullet points. You guys have to work with on those bullet points. And then, you know, they, and he, 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 he picks the right people to be able to tell these stories and you really do see it again another one you, you talk about uh ryan kugler a guy who did full foul station which i think is a phenomenal movie that also starred uh michael b jordan in there mm-hmm. um, if any 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 of you um listeners that have seen that work i would suggest you go watch it and and creed was also again michael b jordan yeah to be able to get bring him in and to be able to be able to make an incredible movie like Black Panther and have that who's who of next upcoming African actors with Chadwick Boseman and oh, it was just part again. And this is uh, I've said this before in other episodes. I say it again that Marvel's casting between directors, its characters, even the support characters is so spot on. Yeah, which and, is yeah. Y- you know, for Spider-Man Three, the fact that they are trying to get John Watt uh, Walt back to direct it—you know—he did the other two. We want you for the third one because he—I mean—he did so well with the other two. Why wouldn't you put him in? No, you're, you're right. I, I, you, when you watch all these films, you you really have to um, applaud uh, that Disney doesn't try to go after these just academy award-winning actors and directors they spread it out they they'll go for television actors for even people that have done smaller films and works 
um, if they feel like you're the right person for the job that can tell the story and narrative, they will get you. And I, I just love that about what these MCU films, these, these, these films are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get these actors that are in these small little parts that you may have watched them, and all of a sudden you hear them, they're, they're in a, they're in a big MCU film just like that, like Aquafina, like Aquafina, Crazy yeah. Rich Asians. Uh, she's gonna be front and shen, uh, center for the new um, Shang Chi movie. When that I, I I can't wait for that. Like Aqu- like like talk about, and think about it. she was an actress who was in, in, in Crazy Rich Agents who was like the goofy friend, and um and from and from jumping then to playing a very uh, very serious role in The Goodbye, which if you haven't seen that, it's a beautiful movie. I think. Oh, to check it out. I mean, and she's a stand-up comic. And she's a stand-up comic and a hip and a rapper. And she's and yeah. she's a rapper, and you know now she's going to be front and center in a lot of these Disney films. I, I think that's it. Just kind of shows you the breadth of who Disney is willing to bring in into into the home, and I, and I think that's fantastic. So, um, which is you know to, yeah to bring it back around. I, I'm why I am so ecstatic that Disney and Sony have. You know, kissed and make up, for lack of better terms. I mean, um, yeah, and, you know, come down and figure, okay, we gotta work, we're going to work this out. And, you know, here we go. How about this? Okay, this works for us. Let's do it. Because, in all fairness, Sony's track record for number three Spider-Mans is not good. I mean, you, you go back to the, the, um, yeah. the original third one, and they, well, they just... They, the, the, the Sam, the, the Sam, well, the, the, the Sam, Sam Raimi, Raimi. Yep. one was bad, uh, but again, so the Andrew Garfield one never took the off. The first one was good. The no, I'm talking about the third one. There was going to be a third one. The third one never, yes, the third one never took off. Because after was, the first movie, they said, okay, you know, now we sign up for a second, third, and a fourth movie. And then yeah. the second and then, movie happened, and Interrupt. Everything. It yep. Got canceled. It totally did get canceled. Yeah, I mean the the three has not been a, a lucky number for for Sony uh, when it comes to trying to get there. So the fact that uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully that's not hopefully this three you know hopefully you, they nail it with the third Spider Man. Well, like I said, you got Mar- Marvel involved now, so my my hopes are are you know elevated. Yeah, totally. totally. Uh, um, but yeah, no. But to, to finish up, um, you know, Kevin Feige with the Star Wars film, um, you just kind of hope that he adds that same level of whatever was working in the MCU. It may have to change just a little bit because it is Star Wars. It is a totally different universe. But hopefully, he brings that same kind of magic into that realm. Is but, is and it isn't. And I I just have to say this: the Star Wars comic books are Marvel now. So there is that little connective thread. I mean, he's not involved in the comic book end so much, um, but um, it, it's it's not out of the yeah. It really, how far out of the realm is it for him? You know, especially now with stuff like Guardians and Captain Marvel and you know the Eternals. Um, so all this stuff that is going on in uh, you know outer space and the more into the science fiction direction. Um, 
I I can't say that it's really outside of his wheelhouse. And the the new Star Wars stuff is okay. It takes place in the the Star Wars universe galaxy, as it were. Um, but it's a whole. It's a fresh slate, more or less. You know, you, you got some groundwork. You know, you got the Empire, the Rebellion, and to whatever extent they'll play into this. But it's a clean slate. Yeah. So. You know, they they kind of can get that fresh start and you know build up from there. So we'll have to see. And they have now two years to that till that comes out. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Well, we will definitely see what happens uh, moving forward once uh, you know you know Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker kind of concludes the yeah the the, uh, the saga. Yeah, yeah. and um. Yeah, so I mean that that's going to be fantastic. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then there was something else that you brought up about. Uh, speaking of productions, was the yes the yes. amounts that you uncovered the amounts that the reported or uh, speculated um, production costs for each of these uh, MCO MCU limited series on Disney Plus is going to cost. Yeah, so um, um, again, jumping from uh, from comicbookmovie.com, um, but also from uh, to just double check, this is also posted on IGN and Variety. Um, from what they're from what uh, these new Disney Plus uh, studio uh, television shows uh, apparently might end up having around a budget of twenty five million per episode. So to kind of give a better um, to just kind of give a better uh, highlight uh, to your uh, to the audience out there, uh, Game of Thrones, like the, the final season of Game of Thrones, uh, only cost fifty million per episode for the final eight episodes of Game of Thrones. So the fact that Disney's going to be throwing that double the amount uh, for these television shows. Um, is 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 really serious. It, it's going to be very very big uh, in terms of the the scope. So it almost so you're basically going to be getting almost movie quality every episode. It's almost like a one hour mini movie uh, thrown into this. Pretty much. Um, I, I knew it was big. I didn't know how big it was. I mean, I always go back to the, the comparison of when Star Trek The Next Generation was being produced. And you have to remember, this is 1988, 89 money. So late 80s, early 90s money. You were talking about an approximate $1.3 million an episode. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, if you watch some of the stuff now, it is somewhat dated uh, as far as the visual effects. But you're talking early 80s, 90s. That stuff was state of the art then. Um, no different than what they're trying to do now. I mean, again, it is keeping with the Marvel brand. You know, whether we're making something Just that's an expensive brand at the moment. Yeah, 30. <laughs> <laughs> but they're bringing it in. Yeah. Um, it, but whether it's going to be a 30 to hour long, I think 45 minutes, however long these episodes are going to be, or if it's going to be a full two and a half, three hour production, we want to make sure that we give you the best quality product yeah. that we can give you. 
Um, I mean, they kind of, they're kind of going, you know, we did a, we had agents of shield. We wanted that to work, but we honestly screwed that up because Marvel was not completely involved in that. That was ABC making something for Marvel, not Marvel yeah, making yeah, something for Marvel. Yeah, Jeff Loeb uh, handled the, the, the ABC uh, television um, production of, of Marvel Studios. And you, you are starting to see that uh, uh, slowly. Not to say that anything under ABC was that bad. Uh, no. It made, Daredevil was all really good. I enjoyed The Punisher. Um, I did, well, that was, the, that was the Netflix stuff. I think that, that was it's, under it's Marvel. Not- no, it's no, it's still under. It was still under ABC. Oh, it was ABC. It was still under ABC. Yes, even though Netflix held them, but they were still on produced under ABC. Okay, so, which was on which which Jeff uh, Jeff Loeb handled that section. Um, but uh, that being said, those yeah, actually came out well. No, those came out well, but again, you also had Misfires, like the Inhuman spinoff television show. Which yeah, was, yeah, yeah, which was not that good. Yeah. Uh, and then and, and even though Agent Carter. And then Agent Carter, which only had two seasons, which unfortunately got canceled. Yeah, and, I, I need more Haley Atwell. Yeah, oh, she's gorgeous. And and like you said, and now that you have the, the Netflix shows also got canceled. So yeah, the ABC that I think was more on the Netflix part. That which was more on the Netflix stuff. That that is very correct. But either way, I mean, it just kind of showed you the up and down success of uh, Jeff Loeb handling. Mm-hmm. The, the television department so now it, you just see it, you, you're starting to see more of a synergy connection and now starting to bring all that stuff under one house under one person and just and, and going back to the budget um i you, you you know it's a ridiculous budget but you also have to think about like like shows like wandavision like that has to be these shows all have to be really special effects heavy driven uh like oh, what like the different worlds are going to be doing in wandavision or even better yet think about miss Mar- marvel and her powers trying to get the whole her being elongated her transforming into mm-hmm. different shapes and sizes elongated That's and not making it look yeah cheesy and exactly exactly not not trying to make it look like uh like cw graphic. no disrespect to cw i'm a Coming from a guy who was a DC fan, not making that that kind of budget, that kind of cheesy budget. Yeah. So, uh, no. So or yeah. even even more directly Marvel related, the Fantastic Four, the original Fantastic Four movie. Where yeah. You know, you're stretching out. And you're just going, ooh, that 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 you know that doesn't keep well. Um. But yeah, I, it's you need that kind of money or. It, not just for the special effects. I mean, you have to remember they they are bringing back the stars. Yep. To reprise these roles, so Hollywood money is kind of a funny thing because some things are included in the production costs, some things are not. So, yep. you know, is um, Hiddleston's payroll included in this in that money? We don't know. Uh, the special effects usually is. Marketing sometimes is also in there too, so you know that's they're gonna play, need to play that up. Though, really, I I think the marketing is a drop in the, to be honest, a drop in the bucket. Depending with how many people are signing up for Disney Plus already, and you basically have a built-in uh, fan base already of millions of people who 
have invested in all these other Marvel properties. So you just mentioned Loki series. Okay, I'm on board. When is it coming out? Um, so the marketing, I don't think they're going to have to push it as hard as, say, a new IP or new property altogether. Um, but yeah, primary special effects locations. I mean, they, they are not filming these things all the time in a soundstage. They are going to places and filming. So that that costs money. Soundstages cost money. Props, costumes. I mean, there's there's so so much. And yes, heavily effects. WandaVision is going to be lots of effects. Miss Marvel is going to be lots of effects. Loki. Don't forget, Loki is going to have tons of special effects in it. Between tra- you know him transporting back and forth, his illusions that he comes up with. Correct. Um, Moon Knight too. Well, Moon Knight's going to be incredibly uh, involved in that. Who knows what they got planned for She-Hulk? Are they going to? I can't. With with She-Hulk, part of me hopes that they go practical (laughs) on her. Me too. Like I, I don't. I kind of don't want. I don't kind of want. Go back to like the Lou Ferrigno treatment. Yeah, yeah, as goofy as that might have been for the time. I mean, it's great for the time. It doesn't hold up well, but... but... You can do some CGI enhancing and whatnot. Almost like, you know, in some ways you can almost do what they did with Will Smith and the Genie. Yeah, or or Gemini Man, what they're doing in Gemini Man. But, yeah. Uh, but, you know... That but, used yeah. to be a Disney property, too. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but no, but yeah, like, for... So I hope like she or they they can figure a way to make it more practical versus uh, uh, CGI. But whatever, well, whatever they're gonna do with that, you know. Uh, no, it's a, it's a crazy budget that's being thrown around, man. Um, it, it it shows that Disney is 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 not uh, holding anything back. They're they're gonna go all out. They're, they're gonna pull off all the stuff to bring out a quality product to Disney Plus. And I like that. I, I like yeah. that they're going to be throwing some serious weight to make all these things look good and to almost synergize with everything that's come out in the MCU movies as well. So everything's just going to look good together. Like, I, like as a fan, you know, it's going to be great to get that huge box set, that gorgeous new box set, uh, all the films, and then a lot uh-huh. of these films you go into all the television shows. And it goes cascading between shows and film, and you just sit in there having a big marathon and looking at. Oh, dude, it's it's it just it's it's a it's a it's a nerd nerdgasm, man. Just waiting to explode. <laughs> it's the reason why a seventy-two inch TV is not big enough. I know. <laughs> uh, with with surround sound and ah, four K. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, the 8k that's coming out next uh but um yeah it's i mean they they keep kind of really recreating the mold because there there really is no precedence to this i mean again try to you know referring back to star trek you kind of had something with star trek but not real not to this extent because you had the different spinoffs and everything and they it kind of took place in the, the whole same time frame but mm-hmm. very minimally connected. Um, this is the is so interwoven, um, and the and the different styles that each movie brings, um, which again, you know, trying to bring this back to Sony somehow, that you know the style of Spider Man 
works for Spider-Man. But then if you bring Spider-Man to another movie, it's still his character still works in someone else's palette. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But when you think about the comic books, that's how it works too. Because you'll have, you know, a series that you know you have the you know the writer and the the artist working on this one particular series. You know, say the X Men, or you know, Spider Man's got their person, the X Men's got their person, Fantastic Four's got their person. But when those characters cross over, as they do, it still works well. Yeah. Um, with the, with those characters, you, you don't lose out that, oh, okay, this isn't the Spider-Man that I know that from the comic book I was just reading last week that's, you know, in X-Men because he doesn't act that way or say something like that or look that way like he did last week. You know, this is a different Spider-Man. Who, you know, it just doesn't seem right. No, Spider-Man from the Spider-Man comic is the same Spider-Man that you'll get in the X-Men, that you'll get in Fantastic Four, that you'll get in Avengers. It, 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 there is a continuity, and somehow they were able to take that out of their comic books and put it on a massive big screen. Yeah. And now they're going to be putting it on into a streaming service. And they just... There's an it factor. Marvel has it. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it, but they got it. And, um, which is again, why I'm happy that Sony decided to finally sit down and play ball. And like, all right, we'll have to eat a little crow here. We, you know, we'll have to give up a little more money than we wanted to. But in the long run, it's good for Sony. It's good for Disney. And most importantly, it's good for all of us. Again, you know, it it was, uh, yeah, no, it's cool to finally see. uh, I I, I think it was just kind of stupid if this was the deal that they wanted to do. Because it seemed like that was, that was, should have been the deal. Yeah. It it never should have gone to the point where both mommy and daddy were stubborn and went to their own rooms for a month. And just kind of left their child kind of idle there for a month, not feeding them, not clothing them, not giving them a bath, sitting there until they came back and realized that they forgot their kid. <laughs> it's a situation. But, to take, uh, no. take something out of a, another Disney movie, it's like, you know, you have Peter Parker coming right up, knock on the door. Kevin Feige, do you want to make a movie? Yeah. <laughs> but no, but. No, it's good. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm happy that Spider-Man is back, man. And yeah. That's that's hopefully, like I said, e- either this is either if this is it for Spider-Man, you know, at least it's not going to interrupt it by editing that way. You know, at least we'll have a decent conclusion. Or maybe it's again, maybe it's uh, it, they just hold it off. Maybe it's just a stall tactic until we can figure out. How do we keep Spider-Man moving forward as a big player into the MCU? You know, yeah, I, like I said in the, in the in the previous films, he really didn't have much of a footnote. Now, hopefully, with these next movies moving forward, he has a bigger imprint moving forward with the MCU as being the head dude. If they want to make him the Iron Man, and Basically, yeah, that, that he was taking over. The, Tony Stark is gone, and the whole. You know, yeah. references that he he's filling the Tony Stark part. Yeah. Captain Marvel takes over Captain America. Um, yeah, 
you know, and then, you know, it, 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 it could start that way. Like, you know, the first movie, he kind of, you know, Spider-Man steps up. And then when it gets to that, I guess the next collaborative movie, maybe Spider-Man's like, hey, you know, you guys are going out to fighting galaxies in space. I'm just going to come back and be a, a neighborhood friendly Spider-Man and do my thing. And then he walks away quietly and just heads into the Sony universe, handling his stuff in the in in New York and and then you know, but still still having that mm. one foot in in the in this thing, it, it could work out wonderfully, you know. Hopefully, yeah. I keep my fingers crossed. That's all. Same I here, know. same here. I, I mean, I could see going three different ways. Either, you know, this is the swan song, and you know, he bows out after this, and no more, you know, Spider-Man whatsoever. This is this, you know, ending of the MCU part, and then Sony just, you know, you know, repilots them into the Venom and Morbius and that whole thing that they got trying to get going on. Um, or the third part, like you said, this is just a interim into whatever Marvel's got going on next, and he'll just keep on going in while they, ha- you know, hammer out new terms. Because when you, when you think about it, you know, if you're following the Iron Man mold, the last Iron Man movie was Iron Man 3, which came out after the Avenger movie, the original Avenger movie. So how long ago was that? But think how much we have seen of Iron Man since that. You know, he's been in three Avenger movies. He was in Civil War. He showed up in the Spider-Man Homecoming. So... You get, still got a lot of Iron Man for a character that did not have his own standalone movie no, no. for decades. Yeah, yeah. Gotta play that little intro part again. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It definitely, it's going to be interesting next next two years. Twenty thirteen. So six years without a Iron Man movie, and we had him in how? Like I said, six movies. Yeah, I mean. Again, you know, Marvel finds a way to use these characters. They don't necessarily have to be in their own films. You know, they, they can be important cameos. Uh, a great example for that would be Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk. You know, yeah. He hasn't had a, a standalone move since the first one back in uh, 2007. Um, something, let's see here. Um, but that's because of the whole. The rights issue for the movie, um, Universal's is, holding on to it. Yeah, yep. Which again, uh, 2008. 2008. Yeah. 2008. Um, so that kind of shows you the genius of Marvel. It's like, okay, well, we we can't contractually we cannot put out a Hulk movie, but we're going to give you so much Hulk, you would think that he had one. Exactly. And it, again, just. You had a nice story. I mean, okay, he was just kind of a filling character initially um, in the first Avenger. Even the second Avenger, you had a little growth with the character. But from Ragnarok to Infinity War to Endgame, you had a really nice arc there with that character. And maybe you'll you'll see maybe you'll see Mark Ruffalo pop up in She-Hulk, and in another way, yeah, able to extend that character. Technically, you should, but. You know, with the origin of the of She-Hulk, you, you really should. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. We we shall see. We we shall see. I mean, Good. only time will tell on these things. Um, so, 
yeah, I, it's incredible to think where, how far we've come in such a short period of time on this. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's, uh, it's just, you live in, you really are living in the golden age of television, man. Have shows that you like. Now, and and not the fact that you not only do you would never think these characters will get created, they're putting some serious money and weight behind them to make sure they 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 give you the best version of the character possible. And and you, you gotta love it, man. Yeah, it's, it's blessed. I mean, uh, I am I'm I'm glad Tom Holland's been one of my favorite Spider-Man. He he fits both personas very well um i mean initially when everyone found out that you know marissa torme is going to play aunt may going wait 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 a second you you realize who aunt may is supposed to be but as soon as you saw her her part of it you just okay you got it you know you got me that that's she casting again was right um yeah (laughs) I, I love the in the, the relationship that they threw in with Happy Hogan, um, in um, Far From you Home. You don't get to see continue now. Now into the third film. Yeah. Um, well, remember, there's they supposedly broke up. It was supposed to be a summer fling thing, apparently. Uh, but we we shall see. We shall see what that means. All I know is that the third movie apparently needs to, uh, I guess, contractually has to have the name Home in it, because you had Homecoming, Far From Home. Is this going to be Spider-Man back home? <laughs> uh, or maybe Spider-Man home front. Oh, home front. Uh, homeless. Uh, well, not anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. No, no. He was true, home true. for a month. He was home yeah. for a month. He was homeless for a month. Home alone. <laughs> home, homeward bound. <laughs> homeward bound. They do own those rights. I think they yeah. own Yes, they do. They do. They did create those movies. Um, so we we shall see. Um, and, and one thing I, I I kind of hope, and I know that there was scuttlebug about this, is that maybe they can bring Miles into this. Yeah, uh, it's again. I think that it, it might be a little difficult again because you know Sony Sony owns Miles. That, that's oh yeah. To that Disney, but. You know, as long as they're all willing and Sony doesn't try to get greedy again, maybe they could still work something out, you know, where where the Sony properties can play around an MCU here and there, you know, and figure something out just in, out of great terms and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I mean, granted, now I'm not saying... That's going to happen. I mean, the fact that this deal happened in Hollywood in the first place is is a godsend of its own right. Oh, so yeah. That, what we're talking about would just be greedy at this point. But other than that... Well, why can't we be greedy? I mean, like I said, a lot of the speculation that this is... There's more to this contract than most people outside that were not involved in it realize. That, okay, we know of one movie, but there's possibly more to that. And like I said, you know, we hope they have, they have already kind of put out there about Miles possibly, you know, existing in this because you had his uncle in Homecoming. 
That's true. And the character was referenced, so... Character was referenced, that's very true. You know, say we get a... a different, maybe in a, in a totally different universe, but yeah, yeah. it was referenced. Get someone like a Caleb McLaughlin or a, a Miles Brown to portray the character. Interesting. Happen. It, it, it totally could happen. We, we don't know. No. We'll I speculation but it would be fun it's fun to speculate yeah <laughs> it definitely is. definitely is but on that note i think we shall wrap this up i think was there anything else you we need to bring up did we hit all the notes i i think that's that's all we we hit um I, again i uh, i just think uh again I, I, I'm looking forward to reading Bob Iger's book just to kind of figure out, you know, how the dude won Disney, all those important decisions that he made. Because you got to understand, there were some a lot of key critical decisions that, um, in that book that he talks about, and like like Kevin Feige being one, how was Kevin mm-hmm. he was not a part of, yeah, came close to not being a part of Marvel at all. Well, and, not and, even just Kevin Feige. Yeah. Pixar almost Pixar. not being a part of Disney. Can you imagine Pixar not being part of Disney? Uh, no. It, we've always imagined it as Pixar Disney, you know. And that and was I, within itself. I remember them, them having a big fight between Pixar and mm-hmm. Disney. Because Disney wanted to get in, like you said, they wanted to get up all in their grill. And they're like, Pixar's like, no, we make a lot of money for you. Uh, you guys don't really do animation that well anymore. We're the ones that are kind of keeping you floating that boat. So bye-bye, stay in your lane. You know? Well, it was, it was, he even goes before that. I mean, the, I, I was actually, I mean, I was working at the Disney store at the time when this was always, when it all started and went down. I mean, there was just the, the three picture deal. And when that third uh, movie came out, it was okay. We wanted Pixar's like I want to do our own thing, um, and it took a lot of whining. Die. I mean that that's why Disney put out certain movies like uh, Meet the Robinsons and whatnot. And Bolt they created uh, to create their own, um, and it kind of just kind of this little, you know, one-upmanship between each, the two companies, um, and it it took Iger to say. All right, let's yeah, you know, let's let's play hardball here. Let's see what what can we work out and come to terms with. Which is also, if you ever realized that one of the reasons, um, and this was in part of the I think initial agreement that the names of Pixar and Disney are the same size, and that that was something that Pixar insisted. You know, okay, it's. This is not a Disney thing. It is not a, a Pixar thing. This is a joint thing, and we are equal on this. Yes. And that's why they insisted the Disney name and the Pixar name on anything that it appears on is going to be the same size. Well, yeah, that that's very true. Pixar wanted to make sure that they were a big contributor because at the, yeah. the beginning, Pixar really held the ground on Disney's animation. And Disney really didn't really disney was not really great in the 3d animation pixar was yeah and but they but disney again tried to tell what pixar what to do and pixar wasn't having any of it and 
it wasn't again now it wasn't until Disney stumbled on the success of Frozen where now Disney says well we figured out our formula of able to do these 3D films and it shows after after uh, Frozen uh, Zootopia was a, just as just as an important smash success moving forward well, so, it was even before I Frozen mean, yeah it was even a little before Frozen. Um, it, it really was whenever the two companies did finally become a union, um, because that's when uh, you know it's kind of faux to say his name now because of certain legal aspects. But John Lasseter came in the door and said, "Okay, we need to rework how we tell stories." Very, very true. Yes, yeah, and because let's again, not to say that those movies were not great not to say that the movies were not bad it was just until when frozen hit i think when frozen became the sleeper billion dollar hit out of nowhere is where i think disney felt like they could stand toe to toe with pixar and yeah. that level of where we can we can make just as much as money as, as you that that's yeah. what i'm getting at yeah, yeah, that you know, it really Disney in its own its animation kind of sparked the life back into its its animation department. You had, I mean, you had uh, Rapunzel, which uh, Tangled, which did well, but it wasn't the the conglomerate like Frozen, like Lion King, like yeah. you know, Aladdin. Rapunzel, uh, Tangled is more like a um, a Little Mermaid kind of, I guess. You know, it it was good. It held a standard, but it wasn't. You know, banging on the doors and in everybody's faces, and you, you just wherever you went, you heard the music, you saw pictures for it. It was everywhere. I mean, I remember when Lion King came out. You couldn't turn on a radio without hearing Elton John singing one of three songs. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what Frozen did, and then from yeah. after that, you got like like Wreck-It Ralph, and and that success started to trickle. Yeah, so Disney started to find its its, it's groove in, in in making three D animation. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, what I'm seeing of Frozen too. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see this, this continuing adventure. Um, you know, just not even knowing what the music is, um, but just the, the kind of the epic story that they're trying to portray, the ep- an epic journey, um, into the unknown. Um, it just looks like it, it should be something. So anyway, um, that's a story for another time. Yeah. But uh, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for contacting me. And uh, it's always, always a pleasure um, to have you on. And uh, we will definitely be doing this again sometime. You know it, man. You know it. Thank you for having me on again, man. I always love being on your podcast, dude. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, you know, it's, you know, the, the people ask and I, I provide, they want you and so far we, and then we keep having you. <laughs> so thank you again. Thank you. As long as the people keep having me on, uh, I'll be here. That will wrap it up for this week. Join the conversation on Facebook. Hey, what are your thoughts? Let me pose this to you. What are your thoughts of Spider-Man now being back into the MCU? And what do you think this means? What do you think is going to happen in the third movie and, and other movies going forward? 
So join the conversation on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast. That's our Facebook group. Again, that's facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's podcast or on the Twitter at Disney Marvel's. Again, the Twitter is at Disney Marvel's. You can email the show with your answers or suggestions of show ideas, just like Isaac did for this week, or other ideas or suggestions of how to improve the show or just conversation in general. Anything to do with Disney, we're up for it. Email the show at DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Again, the show email address is DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message through the Anchor app. All this information is available in the show notes for you in case you didn't catch what I said. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your patience. And I know how little time and how crazy life is for everyone. Um, and... Again, I know I say this every week, but it really means a lot to me. It it really means a lot that you've taken some of your time out of your busy schedule and spent it with me, listening to the show, interacting with the show, uh, being part of this this Disney family. Um, I I cannot express my gratitude enough to you um, other than just saying thank you each episode because I, I truly do mean it. Um, it just, it's incredible. And I, I really enjoy doing this and the fact that I get, you know, people listen and respond or just, you know, that you are listening means so much to me. Um, and if you could, you know, if you know anybody else who also likes Disney, let them know, let them know out there. There's this show called Disney Marvels. The more people that we get involved in this family, the bigger the family will be, the better the family will be. Because that's one thing Walt always believed in. A bigger family, a better family. Or just a bigger family in general. Uh, And just take a few moments, go on iTunes, go, you know, or whatever app you listen to, and give it a rating. Give it a high five, give it a thumbs up, whatever the app or the program lets you do. Five stars would be appreciated. A little written review even, you know, would be even better on iTunes. Um, it, It just helps get the word out. And like I said, the more people know about the show, the better. Don't forget also to subscribe to the show. And this way you always know when a new episode is posted and you'll be right there to download it. And while you're at it, also consider becoming a premium subscriber to the show to help the show out. Keep the lights on. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvel slash support. Again, that's anchor.fm slash disneymarvel slash support. Or you can find us on Patreon and you can help the show out that way. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. And if you're planning your next Disney vacation, do what I do. Trust Destinations with Character Travel. It's a uh, Disney earmarked agency specialized in Disney cruise and resort vacations and in the business of making your dreams come true. Made up of past cast members, annual pass holders, lifelong Disney fans, and world travel enthusiasts. They are in the know regarding all aspects of your travel. Whether your travels are taking you to Disney parks, on ocean cruises, or sunny resorts stay. They have the destinations and the service level to make your vacations a truly magical one. Find out how they take the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy yourself. Book a Disney five-night package with four-day hopper, and they will give you a free, again, that's a free $25 Disney gift card. Just for mentioning my podcast, Disney Marvels. Contact them now at 
www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com. Again, the web address is destinationswithcharacter.com and the email address is info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And again, be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Disney Marvels podcast. Whatever you're facing out there, no matter how difficult, how impossible, how stressful and dark things may seem right now, do me a favor. You know what? Don't do me a favor. Do yourself a favor and don't give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give in to that darkness and into the the void. Because if, if you look further within yourself, you will find that there is a light. There is a light there. Grab that light. Embrace it. Embrace it because it will give you the strength. It will give you the strength and the courage that you need to overcome anything. The greatest obstacles. Trust me. Be your own hero. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give in. I'd like to end this episode with a quote from Walt Disney. More than any other medium, the motion picture is being challenged to meet the greatly enlarged opportunities and responsibilities of modern showmanship. And that's again from Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, everyone. And I'll see you next time.